0: expressed in this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of 94.9 CHRW.
1: Exactly what do these Indians want? They demand the return of all the territory we took from them. Well, give it to them. But Harry,
2: it's all theirs. The whole country. They have taken our land. They must give it back. Red Cloud, this is bad medicine. The United States has three million soldiers. We have but 200 braves. We must depend heavily on the element of surprise.
3: (laughs) Good morning, London. It is Thursday, June the 7th, 2012. I'm Bob Metz. And I'm Robert Vaughn. And this is Just Right on CHRW 94.9 FM. Well, we'll be with you from now until noon. No, no, not right wing. Just right. And welcome to the show today where the number, as always, is 519-661-3600 to reach us if you want to join in the conversation. And today we are going to have a Caledonia update. And the more I hear about this, Robert, the more I'm thinking this is organized anarchy. That's a good way to describe it, Bob. And uh, we have some guests in the studio with us today.
4: You want to introduce them? Well, certainly. Um, in the studio we have Mary Lou Ambrosio uh, of the International Free Press Society Canada, a frequent guest on her show. No stranger to this show. No, uh, no, indeed. And um, special guest Kristen Kay. You know, Kristen is a freelance photographer and freelance reporter, formerly of the uh, Regional News This Week, which was based in Caledonia, so she has some experience and some uh, anecdotes to tell us as well.
3: Yes, and uh, so where do you want to start? We have an issue with what's going on out in Caledonia, certainly. I think what we're going to be hearing today is some testimonials from the front lines. We we had previous guests on over this issue before, more Mark than once. Vandermoss, Mark Vandermoss, Gary McHale. Gary McHale. We'll be hearing from them again today via some uh, pre-taped uh, in, uh, stuff we have from, actually,
4: our own recordings, from our own uh, events that we attended. Yes, from uh, Mark Vandermoss we have from Israel Truth Week. And uh, Gary McHale also spoke at Israel Truth Week, which you can find on our um, YouTube channel, Just Write Media. Now, you know, the more I hear about
3: the situation in Caledonia, the more I, I almost can't believe it. It's, sur- it's surreal. It, it, it's a story not out of Canada. And, and in a funny way, I, I'm almost beside myself in a, in a way like, I can't believe this is going on in this country.
0: It's, it's funny you should say that. I, I'll just. Uh, IFPS's interest yeah. in this came about as a result of what happened to us with Ann Coulter. Yes. Where an event was shut down. Basically, bullies came along and caused it to be shut down because the security forces wouldn't defend our right to have her speak or her right to speak. So this was very curious. That caused us to have a closer look at what was happening in Caledonia because we realized it's very similar. So when you mentioned um, that... uh, You didn't feel like you were in Canada. Interestingly enough, the first event that Al Gretzky, who's our communications director, and I attended in Caledonia, it was incredible. I literally could not believe what I was seeing. And on the way home, Al said, he said, you know, I didn't feel like I was in Canada. So, very interesting comment you've made, because that's how we felt. Well,
3: interesting, too, because that seems to be the intent. I I don't have the clip with me today, but when I was listening to the clips of Gary McHale and... um, uh, who else? Was Mark, Vandermass. Mark, Mark Vandermass. They were talking about how uh, I think it was Gary that actually brought it up. He said the reason that they're so offended when anybody brings a Canadian flag near the area is because they actually regard that area as a separate country, yes. and that when you Turtle carry, a, yeah, when you carry a, <laughs> when you carry a, um,
4: a flag past them, you're oppo- supposedly offending them, right. and yet. I think we'll probably get into this a little later on. They carry Palestinian flags.
0: Yes, they do. They carry
4: Mohawk warrior flags.
0: When I first uh, contacted Mark Vandermas, uh, when he showed me some pictures and we talked about what was going on there, that was the first thing that struck me. I thought, this is madness. And I think it's very important that, uh, you know, we connect the dots. They're, they're putting them out there. Mm. We're just not paying attention. So once you pay attention, you see these things, and it's pretty astounding.
3: Well, most people aren't even aware of this situation, yeah. and the media is not covering it, the, the, the general media. I mean, we're the media, too. But
0: why do you think that is? Well, I think you guys did a show on postmodernism yes. a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. All the answers are there. This is about um, addressing historical wrongs instead of dealing with uh, rule of law and um and having the police do their job. And the politicians what's right today. <laughs> do their jobs and do what's right today. Okay. This is, you know, we've been, people have been convinced that you can address historical wrongs the same the way they do in, in Gladue uh, sentencing, which mm-hmm. is special sentencing for Aboriginals. We're told that, you know, these things must be taken into consideration when it comes to sentencing. And I think it does a disservice not only to the general public, but to the Aboriginals themselves.
3: Now... What is, what is, now you're talking about a conference that took place where? Uh,
0: Not Queens in Caledonia. Park. A Queens at Queen's
3: Park. At Queen's Park in Toronto. Yeah. And now tell us a bit about that. Well, I'm,
0: what happened was, uh, and, uh, as you know, the Caledonia Eight were arrested, I believe it was in December 2011. Mm-hmm. They had a court hearing on February 3rd, of 2012. And that's where Chris, Kristen came into this okay. because she was covering it. Um, and. So, Queen's Park, to, uh, we were given uh, an opportunity to uh, use the media room there to talk about what had happened. Uh, now, wh- now, who
3: do you mean by the Caledonia Eight? I don't know if our listeners would know who you're okay, talking about. Okay, that would
0: be Gary McHale, Mark Vandermas, um, Jeff Parkinson. Uh, there were a few others, Randy... Um, Basically the protesters. Bar- there, there were eight of them that were mm-hmm. arrested in December for walking down a county road. Right. Pretty much that's why they were arrested. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, an outrage. There was the court date was February third. Now, they were they were arrested and, and I believe charged, but they knew that it wouldn't result in any kind of conviction. They dropped the case, as the police always do. They basically arrest them to get them out of the way. They they claim it's keeping the peace mm-hmm. by sounds removing like, them. Sounds like yeah. a
4: false arrest to
0: me. But, yeah, exactly.
5: They they arrest them because their their presence incites. Um, and violence. It gets them the other um, the natives riled up so they arrest them to remove them from the situation in order to quiet everybody down. Well
4: it sounds to me as if the natives don't need any Inciting to uh, to be violent because no, they do no, that on their own. Did yeah. you see evidence before Gary and Mark and that's the rest right. of them were there? They were they were throwing they were burning bridges, torching to, cars, attacking police.
0: To, they, to say there's a pattern been been a pattern over the last six years would be an understatement. Absolutely, that's right. So Kristen's right. It just
3: mm-hmm. now. Now, did you see evidence of that, Kristen, when, when you were there and the protesters came? Were the natives getting restless, yeah. so to speak?
5: Mm. Definitely. Yeah.
3: And well,
5: they—they um, it seems. You to think be the like police
3: were justified in doing what they did then, to some degree, or it, was it totally unjustifiable? You
5: know, they you're a witness. See, they see Gary mm-hmm. as the, the a figurehead. Like sure. Gary, any time he is involved, there is far more police presence than there needs to be. Mm-hmm. There were over at least a, like. Um, I counted almost a dozen OPP. Um,
4: just around you
3: cars right
5: there. And yes. like presence there. Mm-hmm.
4: Now, I, I could just interrupt for a moment, we're actually joined on the line by another person who was a bit at the um, news conference in Queen's Park regarding Caledonia, and that's Stuart Lawton of the Never Again Group, based out of Hamilton, or at least Stuart is. Uh, hello, Stuart, are you there?
2: good morning thank you and hello everyone hello,
4: now do you have any um initial comments to make Stuart, regarding what uh, mary lou and Kristen have been saying about the whole caledonia affair
2: well uh, i support everything they say um it uh, it took me a long time to accept that the things they describe are really happening and even when you s- when you know what's happening You can't believe it. It it sounds like science fiction. I mean, you tell the average Canadian or Ontarian on the street what is actually going on, and it just doesn't register. And I know it doesn't register because I was one of those people. It took me a long time and, and a number of visits, but it is really scary, and it's just such a wrong direction, even if it was done with the best liberal motives of reaching out to people different than us and making allowances and being accepting and all that stuff. I love that stuff. I mean, I've spent on those those are values I hold dear. But it's resulted in policy terms in an absolute nightmare and a denial, an absolute denial of the rights of the ultimate minority which is the individual and Gary McHale and Mark Bannemas's rights are violated pretty much every time they they show up at Douglas Creek Estates in Caledonia.
3: Interesting. What was it that finally, uh, you know, was was the thing that switched your mind over? You said it took you a few times before you finally um, saw the situation for what it was.
2: Well, um, I guess the, the turning point for me came when, when Gary and his crew, uh, Gary actually researched the deeds to uh, the properties in question and found out that The province of Ontario did not, in fact, purchase all this land to keep it inviolate for uh, the natives as crown land, quote-unquote. Now, we should be allowed on crown land anyway, but that's a separate thing. However, Gary found out in the deeds that the roads through Douglas Creek Estates, most of them, are county-owned. So (laughs) the government has no jurisdiction for telling Gary he can't walk down a county road. I was there the day the Caledonia 8 were arrested. I knew, because Gary told me that day, that they were walking on county land, and I saw them all arrested and...
4: uh, Can you tell us a little bit about your group, Stuart, the the Never Again group?
2: Well, I think it's a wonderful group. It's a small group. Um, It's, um, we're about half-Jewish, uh, I mean, half our members are Jewish, <laughs> and in general, we advocate for uh, for fairness for Israel um, and fight anti-Semitism in its various guises. But the reason Caledonia is uh, of such great interest to us, and we support Gary McHale and his efforts there, just as he has supported our group elsewhere, is that we see very, very troubling parallels to things that are going on in the rest of society, uh, not. Worldwide, Uh, we've seen the growth um, all over Europe of no-go zones in major cities, even London, where where the police are afraid to go or don't go, and those areas are run in effect by Muslim extremists, where Sharia law is the rule of the day. Um, of course, that could happen in Canada at any time. And politically correct and overly exquisitely sensitive police forces would be reluctant to go in there and, you know, and, uh, oppress them with our Western values. But uh, it, it's not just Muslims. You think of the Sikhs that were allowed to walk down the highway, the Gardiner Expressway, stopping traffic. Uh, what would happen? Who will the next premier of Ontario? Which will be his preferred groups? you know, will he love, say, militant Christians and allow them to occupy uh, the downtown business section of a, of a city for weeks and weeks on end, causing millions of dollars of, you know, extra policing things? And and it's just, it's, it's ludicrous.
4: So the parallels to uh, the so-called Israel apartheid, the so-called... Um,
2: uh, We see it as one challenge.
4: It's all one challenge, and that is one. What would you call it if you were to put a name on it? Because this seems to be the same underlying philosophy that um, is common to all of these situations. What would you call it? Liberalism? Multiculturalism? Simply abrogation of anybody's moral responsibility to uphold the law? Which one?
2: I think the responsibility lies with liberalism. And I say this as someone who spent most of my life voting liberal and NDP. Um, These impulses have to be seen as impulses and not as guides to implementing policy we must be fair we must um, insist on equality uh, of treatment before the law and it doesn't matter how much some of us want to agree with uh, or be sympathetic to um the beliefs or the speeches emanating from uh, a radical a Six Nations activist, we also have to consider that there are Six Nations people who don't want anything to do with that activist, supposedly speaking on their behalf. Of course, and and it's it's liberalism, and I'm not liberalism is the problem in Western society to, to society today. It made us incapable of, except on rare shows such as yours, as as even discussing this well, that's very, uh, without you know, being called.
3: I found your uh, reference to the issue of preferred groups being chosen by various provincial leaders as being uh, a, a way of discussing this issue, because, of course, that's part of the problem. I'm going to take a quick break right now, just for, mm-hmm. uh, for a smile here. <laughs> you know, we've picked a few comedy clips today, and uh, these were actually from Welcome to Turtle Island. you were oh, saying something about yeah. that earlier, mm-hmm. Mary Lou. And I found, and they're all Aboriginal comics um, that were on there. I've only got a couple today, and there's one at the end of the show. And they're all great comics, really funny people. But one thing I found, that each one left you with the impression that it is the native population that is constantly being harassed by police and that it's the others that are being left alone, and because of some kind of racial, racial profiling. And, you know, as funny as, and, and as talented as these comics are, um, hopefully at some point in the show today, you know, we might be able to reconcile those different viewpoints. How come they see it one way, and then we're, we're watching you witness something completely different. So let's take a break right now, and we'll be right back in a minute and
6: a half. I think it's great we can all be here, like they're having this show, bringing together all the Aboriginal talent so we can all break those stereotypes, right? I mean, I think it's great that we all made parole to be here tonight. That's the great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank our sponsor, Corrections Canada, for that. That was fantastic.
2: the way you have here tonight. On the count of three, everybody yell out your nation, okay? One, two, three. Fantastic. Just what I thought. (laughs) I heard somebody out there going, wannabe! (laughs) That's cool. That's okay, you know. We're all welcome here in the circle of humor tonight. Welcome everybody who came. You know, everybody. Welcome here. Everybody. Everybody from different nations and tribes, welcome. You know, we're all related. You know, and... uh, White folks, you know, it's nice you all came here too, man. We're all related, you know. And you're not really white. You're all pink like raw hot dogs, you know. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking to the ones outside, you know. You all came in here to laugh. <laughs> I'm glad there
4: we can make humor of some of this problem. <laughs>
3: well, you have to, don't you? And I think they're looking at it using their humour to highlight some of these observations themselves. I think that's what humour does, to a certain
4: degree. Now, why don't we get into um, a particular incident that happened with Kristen Kay? Um our guest here who is a freelance photographer and reporter and the uh, of the re- for the regional newsweek, which is unfortunate because the regional newsweek has just recently uh, gone out of business.
5: Yes, they did. They had to close their doors in February, unfortunately.
4: Yeah. Why don't you tell us what happened to you? Because you had a particularly harrowing experience.
5: I did. Um in January I was sent to cover one of Gary's rallies, him and uh and his crew. And uh, I was sent to um, cover the story. So I was taking photos and um, gathering information. So I was following back and forth, taking photos. And I there were several members of um, other newspapers of the area. So um, there were a lot of other reporters there. Um,
4: was, it, was it obvious to the police and to everybody there that you were part of the credentialed press?
5: Well, I wasn't... So it was a little difficult because... Um, they weren't able to give me a press pass. They they made it very clear at the beginning. Now, um, unfortunately, we can't give you any type of credential. But um, I did have a camera out, and I was following, like, I was back a ways with the press. So I was in, in with with, um, other media. with other media. Yeah. Um, so they they did recognize, like, I wasn't in with the crowds.
4: So it was pretty obvious you, you were not a protester.
5: Yeah. I wasn't, it's, I wasn't in with them. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to get in. Anyway, so I was with them for most of the day, following back and forth, keeping my distance, obviously, because with my disability, I can't, you know, get in with the fray and get in, you know, as close as other reporters could. Um, uh, the difficulty came when um, it was close. Um, like, I was witnessing, uh, as we were stating before, um... As the protest went on, more natives came to the scene and uh, they were getting um, riled up. There, were, there was violence happening. Um, all they were trying to do was hang signs. They spoke with um, a member of the police force um, at the very beginning to identify, okay, all we want to do is hang three signs and then we're gonna leave, you know? And so they thought they had reached an understanding. Um, When they went to put up their ladder to hang their first sign, someone came up and pulled the guy off the ladder, so there was violence. At that point, I stepped back, and I'm like, okay, not getting any closer. I took my pictures. And at the point where Gary was getting arrested, everybody was pushing towards the vehicle um, to get close to Gary. And
4: By I, everybody, you mean the reporters?
5: Like, um, the reporters were keeping their distance, but it was mostly the natives. Oh, I see. Um, but I, I was able to say, okay, I have a disability. I'm just trying to get a picture. And um, I was trying to step, th- th- the door was open. So I was able to say enough. Like, they'd recognize, okay, she's, there's something wrong here. We're not going to hurt her. Like, so I was able to say, excuse me. And they're like, okay, they'd stepped back enough to let me get by, but there was um, members of the OPP. And so I had said, excuse me, the crowd stepped back a little bit and I was able to step, walk around the door. Now at, at no point had they said, do not cross this line. Do not, like they, they had set up no barriers. So I had I had walked around the door and it was when I'd got to the door that there was some sort of contact. And I, because of my balance, I stumbled and fell against the car. I felt it to be a shove. So I looked up and I'm like, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just need to get a shot. And again, he said, what are you doing? And who's he? Um, the, uh, the officer that was standing near the door.
4: An OPP officer?
5: OPP officer. And I'm like, I'm press, like I'm shocked because I'm, I'm thinking I just got pushed for trying to take a picture. So I'm saying I'm press, I'm trying to do my job. And I, can I curse on the radio? Uh, no, <laughs> no.
4: Okay. <laughs> as well, much as then, you'd like to. <laughs> then then
5: I'll I will edit what had the following statement then, because I'm like I'm press, I'm trying to do my job. His response to me was that's effing wonderful keep away so i was able to write myself step around and take the picture of gary getting arrested like stepping into to the um vehicle that will escort him off the premises
3: were were there other cameras running at the same time Um, during all of this
5: there were there were others Mm -hmm. but they were they did not get to where i was they were taking shots from a uh, from a distance I was the only one close enough to get to my position like close enough sure. to the actual they were all taking from a distance. I was actually the only one brave enough to get that close <laughs> <laughs> to this was well this was my first big sure. assignment from the like until that point I was taking like Assignments of like knitting groups and (laughs) you know, things like that. So when she's like, there's a protest We'd like you to take it. And I'm like, you know, my first big Assignment, I'm not gonna turn this down. So, you know, yes, I'm gonna be a little more You know, I want to impress my boss Mm -hmm. But you know, I wasn't gonna think that I'm gonna have any problem with the police of all people, you know, the the force so after I took my picture I went back over to the officer and I'm like, excuse me, can I have your name and badge number? you know, because you know we're taught that if you're if you ask for that sort of information they're obliged to give it to you Mm -hmm. and all he did was blink at me. So I'm like excuse me, I ask you for your name and badge number at that point he turned and walked away from me.
4: Could you identify the officer?
5: Uh, No, he wasn't wearing any...
4: He he, wasn't even wearing a name tag. He wasn't
5: wearing a name tag, and he had shades on, Mm -hmm. and he walked away from me. So I followed him until he went to the hilly area, and at that point I can't chase him because I can't walk on uneven ground. So I'm, like, shaken by all of this. Perhaps,
4: Perhaps you should describe for our listeners, of course, that you have a physical disability. Yes,
5: I was born with cerebral palsy, so... I walk with a swaggered gait, and um, so I'm I'm unable to, you know, maneuver as easily mm-hmm. as say any of you. You can't. So, you can
4: chase down an O.P. Um, officer. Uh, oh,
5: well, he wasn't <laughs> moving very quickly, but I couldn't very well, you know, move, you know, follow him to a hilly. Area or anything like that it, it was not easy for me so at that point I had just given up and I, w- I was starting to tear up because I was, I was frustrated like I couldn't explain why what had just happened why that would have happened to me I was just trying to take a picture so I um, I, I was frustrated so I went back to the office I had dumped my photos I told you know the girls at the office. You know, m- well, my boss wasn't there; she had left for the day. But I told the girls at the office, like you would not believe what just happened. I'm furious. I'm. I'm just. I'm gonna go. And I got in my car and I drove to see my fiance. And I told. And I told him. And now, um, shortly after all that, you know, and then, then we went to Queen's Park, and I and I told the same story. Shortly after that, um, about a week. I got a phone call from John Murray of of the OPP detachment there, and he was trying to get me to come in, because I filed a police service report. I was not happy Mm -hmm. with what happened. I filed a police service report, and I got a phone call from John Murray shortly after saying, well, come in and tell us what happened. And I'm like, no, I'm not comfortable doing so. I filed a police service report, and it will get dealt with when it gets dealt with. And he's like, well, you know, um, we'll see you on Tuesday. And I said, no, sir, I'm not coming in to speak with you. It's been filed, it will be dealt with when the time comes. And so I didn't go in and um, about a week later, or no, sorry, sorry, I'm getting my, my story mixed up. Um, a few days after that, he phones my home, a number which he didn't have
4: that's interesting. To,
5: to say, I, um, I hear you're giving a little speech at Queen's Park. I don't see how that's any business of yours or how he would even know that I was giving a speech at <coughs> Queen's Park. And I said, well, yes, I am, but I don't see how that's any business of yours. Well, you do realize if you give that speech, you're in breach of the peace.
4: Is that right? This is an OPP officer telling you this.
5: Um, he, he said he was um, head of the, he was a, a head of, I can't remember the official title he gave. He tried to make it, I think he was a, like a head of the detachment there or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was at one of the higher ups. He made it sound. And uh, so, yeah, I'm in breach of the peace. He tried to silence me into not giving that speech. So I made sure when I gave the speech, it was my little addendum I added to the speech. Oh, and by the way, they tried to silence me today into not giving the speech. So, um, follow up to that, um, last, or in May, um, I had um, representatives, they finally got to my complaint and they said, okay, uh, my name is Charlene, and I'm, I'd am i like to speak to you about your complaint.
4: Well, before you get into that, I think it's at the bottom of the hour. Oh, sorry. Yeah, perhaps we, we should take a little break, and when we come back, with uh, Mary Lou Ambrosio of the International Free Press Society, Stuart Lawton on the line from an Evergana group, and uh, speaking just right now is uh, Kristen Kay, and a coming, reporter. And coming up uh, into this
3: break, we're going to be hearing right now from Mark Vandermass, who was speaking on uh, March the 21st at the uh, Israel Truth Conference on... Um, Israeli Truth Conference, I think it was, on uh, on the issue there at um, Caledonia. And on the other side is Gary McHale. When we come back, and then we'll be back in about five or six minutes.
1: What's, ever, what's never been admitted publicly by the OPP or the Ontario government is that Native militants are being aided by a coalition of anarchists, radical unionists, and anti-Israel groups led by an anarchist named... Tom Kiefer from Local 3903 of the Canadian Union of Public Employees at uh, York University. Kiefer was once kicked out of Concordia University after he threatened a campus security guard who had arrested Leith Marouf, the son of a Syrian diplomat who had been caught spray painting anti Israel slogans or anti Semitic, depending on your perspective, uh, on a wall. He was allowed back in after he made an apology. Now, Tom Kiefer and QP 3903 with help from other locals, uh, from CUPE, CAW, OPSU, CEP, United Steelworkers, began supporting native radicals in Caledonia after the failed OPP raid of April 20th that I just told you about when police were attacked. By this time, according to OPP testimony, the site was taken over by the Mohawk warriors which the, uh, which the police considered to be, quote, akin to the Hell's Angels. It's a group that uh, was involved in organized crime, cigarette running, with a reputation for physical confrontation and access to guns, including assault rifles. Next, please. The warriors murdered Uh, Quebec Police Corporal Marcel Lemay in Oka and they were in Ipperwash during the violent takeover of the Canadian Forces base there which led to the death of Dudley George and years of intimidation of innocent residents. Now Kiefer and CUPE also work with the Anarchist Black Cross Federation and the Fredonia Anarchist Foundation which has donated money to support CUPE activities in Caledonia. Next please. This is my favorite picture. This is the Palestinian flag flying on the Occupied Douglas Creek Estates, along with the Mohawk Warrior flag. It was placed there by the Niagara Palestinian Association on May 3, 2006. Now, one of those present when the flag went up was a lady by the name of Jamila Ghadar from McMaster University Solidarity for Palestinian Human Rights Group. And on March 9, 2008, at a McMaster University conference entitled, quote, The Politics of Six Nations Palestinian Alliances in Caledonia. She waxed poetic about that day, and here's what she said. In the months following, through cold and moments of exhaustion and worry, we would raise our eyes to the swaying of the flags and think we are one, and the winds carry our colors together from Jerusalem to the Grand River.
6: Let's understand something the vast majority of native people in this country want to live in peace they want to find real solutions to real problems most live in fear whatever level of violence I want to tell you what happens in Caledonia does not compare to what happens on many reserves never get published never get reported Before I continue and talk about how we should take a stand, I want you to realize there is a price. If you speak up, you will be persecuted. When government policies have been institutionalized to the point where racism is the norm within the police, I assure you the full force of the state will come down upon you. I had... OPP Commissioner Julian Fantino on the stand, under oath, for two and a half days, he had to answer my questions. He told me, or told the court, that the OPP installed a new accounting system because they wanted to track how much it cost to police Gary McHale. I didn't know I was such a serious villain that the OPP needed to track the costing of police services to me. Was I, was I a mobster? I've been arrested six times, prosecuted three times, not one case met at the trial. The OPP have sued me for $7.1 million for public statements where I said they were disobeying their oath of office. I have received death threats. I've been beaten in the presence of OPP officers and taken to, to the hospital. I have been cursed and assaulted several times, labeled a racist, white supremacist by the Natives, by the media, and by the OPP.
4: Welcome back to Just Right on CHRW 94.9 FM, where you can call 519-661-3600 to join the conversation, or you can email us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. And that clip was from Gary McHale of the Canadians for Charter Equity, also called Canace. And I think... Uh, before we, we continue, should. you want to make sure that people know they can hear that whole speech
3: and the whole slew of speeches. You know, yeah, as online. a matter of fact,
4: that particular speech is only one of 12 that um, I recorded uh, with um, at the Australian Truth Week conference that was held in London on March 21st on uh, Church on Clark Road. And... Amongst the speakers were, of course, Gary McHale and Mark Vander but also some uh, very interesting speeches from, uh, for example, Al Gretzky of the Free Pr- International Free Press Society. Mary Lou is a moderator of that, along with Stuart Lawton, who is also on the line here uh, t- today with us, and uh, Rabbi John Houseman, and a slew of very interesting speakers. And I would encourage people to go to our YouTube channel, which is called Just Right Media. That's all one word. Uh, YouTube.com, Just Right Media. You'll find a playlist there to watch these about a four hours of fascinating speakers. Beyond fascinating, just
3: stunning. You'll you'll be scratching your head after you hear. a few You'll be of those. wondering yeah. what
4: is going on in this country when you ta- hear about the the Caledonia affair from these speakers. But anyway, to get back mm-hmm. to Kristen Kay, who is in our studio here, along with Mary Lou Ambrosio and 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 uh, Stuart Lawton on the phone. Kristen was telling us about her incidents of being. Uh, pushed, uh, allegedly by an OPP officer, and you have a complaint in. Um, Do you want to continue on with your story there?
5: Yes. um, As I was saying before, they're they're finally getting to my complaint, and I met uh, last month with um, a representative. Um, They try to do it non-biased. They're bringing somebody outside to review, but um, I'm not quite sure um, how that's going to work because... uh, allegedly one person was coming to review my complaint and meet with me. But when I opened the door last month, there were two people there. So I was broadsided that way. And then so uh, when I reviewed everything that happened, um, as I've told this story many times, and not one word of it has changed, um, well edited for radio, um, but not one not one word of it has changed in the many times I've told it. So I told the story again to them, and it was recorded. And then, as I finished telling the story, they broadsided me again with um, video. And and then, so I watched the video, and then. So they asked me a whole bunch of questions as the video was playing and then they stop it and then they ask me, "Oh, so that's not your voice?" And I said, "Yes, that's my voice." And it's it's me. But the audio the video stops right before everything I had just said.
4: So they you you gave them a complaint. They come to your house, they question you, and then they say that, "Well, we actually have video that contradicts what you said. Didn't they say that to you? Yeah. And they show you the video, but stop it before your story even begins.
5: Yeah, the the audio goes to, um, I'm I'm just trying to get my shot. Mm-hmm. So that part holds up, and then it stops right before. That's effing wonderful. Keep away. So because it's not on tape. It never happened.
4: Obviously I think it is on tape, but they are concealing it.
5: Could
3: be. I would I think they're also suggesting you
4: for for consistency in
3: your story too.
5: Yeah, but So
4: what's the uh, status of your
3: complaint so, to date?
5: so what they've told me is thank you for giving your story we're going to re- go to back to the OPP now and question the over 30 officers that were there <laughs> since you have been unable to identify who was the one to push you.
4: Because he would not give his name or badge number mm-hmm. or even have a name tag.
5: Mm-hmm. So we now have to question every single officer was, that was there. Did you have any contact with this redhead? Did you Do you remember any of this happening? So they now have to question every single officer that was there with this story that happened. And if none of them corroborate that this happened, it now goes to unsubstantiated and I lose the fact that this even happened.
4: I see. What mm-hmm. do you think the chances are that any I, of the police I corroborate have corroborated? I
5: have no idea mm-hmm. because everybody everybody holds up that the police protect their own right
0: it's already absurd though i think they've already kind of given themselves away by suggesting we have tape but then not the part that's at issue mm-hmm. so what is the point of that
4: now this is just one other incident it's a tragic incident in in, in the um uh, race-based policing of Dalton McGinty and the OPP at Caledonia and now Mary Lou you and Kristen and Stuart uh, on the line here, um, you're still there Stuart I hope? Yes I am. Oh good, okay um, all three of you were at Queen's Park, uh, when was the date? I
0: believe it was February 15th or
4: February 15th to hold a uh, press conference or news conference. Yeah. And what was the news <laughs> yeah. conference about? Perhaps Stuart, uh, if you'd like to describe the uh, press conference or, uh, and go from there.
2: Well, uh, it was a fascinating procedure for me. Uh, I've never participated in, in such a thing. Um, Gary spoke first. Uh, it was his initiative, basically. Um, he spoke at great length and very eloquently, uh, as he does whenever he's off the cuff, and as well as reading from prepared notes. Um, the, the proceedings were recorded by um, but There's something wrong with the audio, so somehow that has not been obtained. Um, but uh, there should be a record somewhere. I spoke second uh, briefly, um, drawing the parallels uh, between the Caledonia situation and, and what might happen with under future Ontario premiers who have preferred interest groups. And, um, and one of my points was was just the corrosive effect this. All of this has on the police forces themselves. I mean it's chilling listening to what Kristen just said, but you have to wonder you know could, would this have happened if the rot hadn't started at the top and you know been forced down? Sorry to add that parenthetically, but uh, and speaking right after me was Kristen, who despite the incredibly traumatic events of that morning, spoke uh, very courageously and firmly. I wanted to shout out a hooray at the end, but <laughs> I, I, I held my peace. And uh, Mary Lou um, spoke last, and also very eloquently. I thought it was a a um, fantastic exercise in uh, articulation of the concerns, legitimate concerns as I see them, of Ontarian citizens. I don't know what to ex- extent, if any, uh, it had on the provincial government. Um, so very...
4: Yeah, very good, Stuart. What, um, we're going to take a little break here, and when we come back, we'll flesh out a little bit more about the um, news conference, what your intent was, and what your expectations are from Mr. McGinty regarding all this. But we'll be right back right after this, this Gary break. Gary McHale again. Yeah.
6: Thank you. You had a riot here last week. Fifty officers were sent to control a thousand people. When I go to Caledonia... Fantina would send 400 officers along with the London riot squad in full riot gear along with helicopters to merely stop me from walking down a row with a Canadian flag. The truth of the matter is from many perspectives, from the government's view, I am far more dangerous. We, each and every one of us, is far more dangerous than any riot. A riot is a temporary thing from people who are out of control, with with property damage, yes, but it's gone very quickly. But we stand on our principle. We stand on the fact that we will adopt techniques that will expose the corruption of the people in the highest positions of the government. We will stand peacefully toe-to-toe with the most racist native thugs who will scream the most vile things at us, We will refuse to hide under our beds. We will refuse to surrender our rights and our freedoms. By every logical and reasoning that we can do, we will fight hate with peaceful statements. We will not return violence for violence, cursing for cursing, racial slurs for racial slurs. In many ways, we are a great danger to the people in power. do not surrender our rights direct action that's what dr. Luther King called for what is it it's not being passive sure I don't want to assault people who are assaulting me when they had me on the ground kicking me and screaming out kill and believe me they used far more vile language than that I did not swear back I did not punch back believe me Commissioner Fantina, when he issued the press release two hours later, blaming me for the violence, had hoped, had wished, that I would have duked it out with a Native person so that it could have been caught on TV, so I could be exposed as the violent one. That's what the other side wants. The real courage, the real way to change the hearts and souls of a nation is to be able to walk up to that person who hates you and speak the truth to them. That's what direct action is. Go to the very places that they try to say you cannot go to, and you go to them on purpose. Because as Martin Luther King said, it's the tension of those situations that will force society finally to talk about the tough issues. If we do not confront them, nobody has to talk about it. Only the other side has a voice. But when we confront them, we force the media, we force politicians, we force the government to finally talk about some of the tough issues. That's what a march is. That is what you do when you direct action when you're dealing with an issue as important as what we're talking about today.
4: So Mary Lou, you actually went to Queen's Park to present (laughs) a list of uh, concerns regarding yeah. the uh, Caledonia Fair. Do you want to explain it?
0: Yeah, well, actually, we were there to, especially in light of what had happened to Kristen, um, to talk about press freedom and how important it is to all of this. I mean, let's face it, what's the first thing a tin pot dictator does when he takes over, you know?
4: controls the yeah, press.
0: Absolutely. So we, uh, we were there, IFPS was there to speak to that issue and, and what has happened in Caledonia over the years and how a lot of this, again, has been exacerbated by the fact that you didn't have uh, people reporting the truth. And yes, there is a truth. There is an objective truth, despite mm-hmm. what the uh, moral relativists say. Um, so it was, a, it was a very good day. Unfortunately, once again, though, where were the where were the uh, politicians? They should have been there. They should have, you know, they should have been there to hear what was going on. World politicians uh, invited? To the best of my knowledge, they know what's... They, they have notice of what's going on in these media yes, rooms.
4: Yeah. And none of them showed up? Uh, no. H- how was the press coverage?
0: Uh, we had a few there. We had some people from Sun TV there. I'm not... I can't remember who else, but there were a couple. Not enough, though. Not nearly enough for an issue as big as this, as important yeah. as it's this. It's
4: interesting that they just seem to be uh, not willing to cover... Yeah. Basically, what is our own little um, uh, racial discrimination Mm -hmm. uh, by our own uh, provincial government and our own provincial police right on their doorstep?
3: It's easy to see why. This is the result of their dreams and their plans and and, and, and the the policies they've put into place. I wouldn't want to own up to that.
0: To, and you what's <laughs> one other sad piece to this uh, that we commented on at that press conference was that the Caledonia Regional News shut its door, what was it, in, in February? Yep, February. Uh, and it's <clears> so <throat> sad because they were the one media that did not self-censor. They nope. they told all the
5: stories. No, nope. and um, we, we were actually, we had people, like, the minute it was announced that the paper was closing, we had people from the community write in and come into the store like come into the paper itself and say you can't do this, you can't close. Isn't it sad? Like but you're the only people that told the truth, told both sides. But for telling the truth, one of the things
0: that happened, of course, is they lost some lucrative advertising contracts <sighs> with. That's with the why city. we had
5: to close. We lost our fund.
4: Uh, funding from advertising from the, the city. city.
5: The city,
0: yeah,
4: because they were perhaps giving it a black eye.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They were also excluded from receiving OPP press releases. So lots of little things you can do. They
5: would shut us out. That's
0: right. So now we know. If you want to silence someone, there there are new techniques now. Nobody does it overtly or directly because that would be. That would be awful, right? Everybody would agree. So they do it in little backdoor ways You ostracize them, you shut them out, you don't
4: give them your advertising dollars, which are very lucrative from the government. Well, some
3: of the nightmare stories that I heard from Gary at the conference uh, just blew me away. How the police themselves set up phony websites making him look like a racist and putting it in his name until he catches them, and then they make it go away. That's right. Mm -hmm. And action after action, I've got a list of them, of just unconscionable actions on the part of the police. And, and our supposed protectors.
0: Right. Uh, and, and really, I mean, one, one thing, one of my conclusions, though, was that we also have to put this at the feet of McGinty.
3: No question. Well, certainly, the, 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 the end solution has
4: to be political, no yeah,
0: doubt. Yeah, because, obviously, the front line guys, I bet you, I'm, I'm sure that they, they don't like what they're being told to do. I but can't what imagine can they do?
4: an officer of the no. law seeing some of the, uh, the crimes that yeah. are happening right in front of them. That's right. Itching.
0: But they've got their it. politically directed chiefs and administrators of the police. When, where's that political direction coming from? McGinty.
4: McGinty so. is the man where the buck should stop yep. in this whole Caledonia affair. Yep. He can stop it with one word. Mm-hmm. And that word would be to uphold the, the law.
0: Simple. That's right.
4: And he should direct that to his police chiefs and the OPP. And uh, action will be taken. And we won't be hearing about this.
3: Mm. Now, when we hear about all the criminal organizations, unions, left-wing people. It's all the left. The same people that are doing Occupy, the same people that are doing Oka, the same people. It's all the same criminals. Yes, it is. And they're running the place. So, I just can't imagine what it's like and if if we know about it, how can the law officials not know about it unless they're supporting it in some way?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. Does it create uh, justification for. I think they're all working actions? together, creating well,
3: organized anarchy mm. so they can all justify their positions. Look what That's happened
0: at right. G20. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what is happening to our police?
4: Well, mm-hmm. let's bring Stuart Lawton in on yeah. this from the Never Game mm-hmm. Group. What do, you, what do you think is the solution to all this, Stuart? Hey, there, Stuart.
2: Did oh. we lose Stuart? Are working oh. together with oh. the cause of, of, of overturning everything, but they're definitely. Uh, complicit in they have a vested interest in the law not being upheld
4: who's that uh, now because we lost your first few words
2: okay actually uh, earlier you asked what i would ask of mckinty's government mm-hmm. and uh, i just happened to be looking at at my closing remarks from the press conference that day this is very brief the never again group that's the group of which i'm a member calls on the ontario provincial police and the government of dalton McGuinty to set the example that Ontario's citizens expect from them. Equality before the law is an unassailable position that must be part of the election platform of every responsible political party. There are many ethnic groups in Canada, which is a wonderful thing, but wholly irrelevant where the law is concerned. Because where the law is concerned, we must forget who is a Jew, a native, a Tamil, a Muslim, or an atheist. Our citizenry consists of millions and millions and millions of individuals, and these individuals are the ultimate minorities. Each of us has the right to be treated impartially before the law. That's what matters. Maybe it's all that matters.
4: Well said, Stuart. And Kristen, what would you suggest to Mr. McGinty, or what would you think would be a a solution to this? Now, you're a member of the press. You have a very... um, uh, important interest in all of this to make sure that you can do your job correctly. What w- words of advice would you give to our government?
5: Well, to pay more attention because we're the ones, the press are the ones that get the word out. And if he, if he does wrong by us, if he does something, that, like I'm, I'm because of what happened to me with the OPP, I'm no longer feeling safe by the law. Like I'm not feeling protected. So, because he's the one that controls the law, like now, I, I've already not felt safe politically anyway. So, like, we're the ones that get the word out, whether it be in his favor, like, if he wants to put something new out, like...
3: Would you agree with Gary that if anyone protests this or talks about it, they can expect to be persecuted?
5: Well, obviously.
3: Uh, Robert and I, are we going to get phone calls soon, you think?
5: Well, I think people are going to have their opinion. Obviously, Well, like, I you,
3: mean, from the police and maybe McGinty. <laughs> <laughs> Not from him, eh? Well, um, <laughs> um,
5: his, I, I don't even know. I think it's selective, I think. I saw, and the
4: and, fact and that and we don't make money at this, I think they have no yeah, leverage no, whatsoever.
0: No. <laughs> but uh, but it was interesting when Kristen decided to go ahead and speak that day at the conference, which uh, was wonderful. I'm uh, starting to get a
5: backbone. Yeah, <laughs> normally, yeah. uh, until yes. something like this happens, you, you don't realize yeah. how much power you have. Yeah. Before all of this, I probably would never do something like this ever.
0: <laughs> One of the things but we talked to her about I'm that day go- was that it, the best thing she could do was speak because it insulates you. Yes. Yeah. Right?
4: It made you a better yeah. reporter, too, I would
0: Absolutely. You know, yeah. that, that yeah.
3: observation that you realize how powerful you are as an individual is... is is something I've gone through all my life. I'm just stunned at how much an individual can do, if they're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of individuals spend energy doing the wrong things, Mm -hmm. putting their energies into things, and it doesn't work, right? So they give up. But no, an individual who says the right things and sticks to, basically, the truth, stick to reality, stick Mm -hmm. to reason, you're going to win.
0: That's you right. can't lose. That's right.
4: And Mary, why don't we give the final uh, word to you as far as perhaps solution goes and where M- M- McGinty can uh, help in this situation?
0: Well, it's it's pretty obvious uh, they they ignored the duty to serve the best interests of the public and they're catering to a special minority uh, group, a f- special interest group. So they have to stop that and they have to apply the law equally, uh, not selectively. But the rule of law, when applied evenly protects us all and as Stuart said and that's the most important point you protect the smallest individual
4: All right now if anybody out there wants to hear more about this particular issue and it's not going to go away overnight We can expect another update on this in the months ahead. You can go to our website, JustRateMedia.org, find interviews with Gary and Mark and uh, Mary Lou talking about this issue. You can go to our YouTube channel, Just right Media, see some of the videos from Gary and Mark on the issue. And uh, Stuart Lawton in Hamilton, thank you very much for calling in today. Thank you. Mary Lou Ambrosio of the International Free Press Society, thank, thank you. you. And Kristen Kaye from the uh, regional news this week, now defunct, unfortunately. Thank you very much for coming in today.
3: Thanks. So I guess we got to go. Uh, thank you. And I guess we got to go for another week. And so join us again next week when we continue our journey in the right direction. Until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right. And be right back here. We'll see you then.
2: Fade into
1: colour, colour into black and white Under the Everything will be so, uh, yes, I am native,
6: I'm indigenous, I'm First Nations, I'm Aboriginal, I'm sick and tired of all the political correct crap, you can just call me Caucasianly impaired, thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't mind being native though, uh, I like the free stuff. You know, like the land, the education, the healthcare. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, here in the city I get free cab rides. Well, they're cop cars, but they get you home. They're um...